Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Doing well. Just yeah. trying to stop another war. Yeah, do our Wars best. just keep coming. <laughs> and then they last for a long time, too. You know, uh, I, I guess we're finally out of Iraq, or we're pretending it ended until gotta, after 20 years. Yeah, yeah even, in, even when they end, they don't end. Yeah. As long as the empire thinks it's alive, it's going to continue. But uh, we want to talk about one, one item that's going on right now. This is a rather, uh, you, you know, on top of the list. It's, it has to do with Ukraine. And uh, we're, we're in a lot of places, but we couldn't, we didn't want to miss the opportunity by being involved in Ukraine. So we certainly got in the action, especially in 2014. We, we wanted to be a participant, and we had our orders, you know, from the military industrial complex that get involved folks yeah. there's business to business to be held so but what I want to mention today is uh, something coming out by from anti-war and uh, the camp uh, wrote this and yeah. uh, the um, he, he brings up a vote uh, no a letter a letter yeah. sent to the, uh, the president yeah Republicans though yeah. and you know uh, and we talk about this a lot, you know. Uh, Democrats, uh, they're they're the peaceniks. They want to get out of Vietnam, and they're the progressives, and they're civil libertarians, and the Republicans are all the warmongers. And uh, but now we have, you, you know, a, a budding uh, pro-war element in the Democratic Party. Oh yeah. And but the Dem Republicans haven't won. You know, the House of Representatives, they have a little bit more political clout, but, uh, you know, it's still pretty much bipartisan. They haven't, if anything, the bipartisanship of, an, of the neocon Democrats and neocon Republicans is about as strong as ever. Yeah. But the, uh, the Republicans wanted to show that they were in charge and they wanted to get a leadership position in this. So the headline is four leading Republicans urge Biden to send cluster bombs to Ukraine. You know, bombs are bombs and killing is killing and the policies are policy and they don't deal with any of that. But if the cluster bomb is a political indicator yeah. because uh, that, that that can kill citizens, yeah. you know, private citizens. Of course, it's the private citizen that gets killed most of the time. Yeah. But anyway, they're sending a very strong letter of support to Biden. And Biden, I bet you, I haven't heard him complaining about it. What are, what are these Republicans trying to do? Uh, because I think they're going to play up on this because uh, they they want uh, to urge Biden to send the cluster bombs. So my guess, it's not a prediction, but my guess is they'll probably get cluster bombs and more civilians would be killed than they other, otherwise would be. But wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I think this is another sign of desperation because obviously if Kiev was winning, you wouldn't be constantly trying to put in the new weapon. Here's the new wonder weapon. Remember, we had the javelins. That was going to change the tide. That didn't. And then we had the uh, stingers. Then we had the high mars. On and on and on we go with the new wonder weapon. And this is supposedly the new wonder weapon. Now, over 100 countries have banned cluster bombs because of the very simple reason that they don't always completely explode uh, when they land. And so children in a field and et cetera, et cetera, can come across these and it's very, very grisly, very, very gruesome what it does. 
Uh, there's a reason that they are banned. Uh, Russia, Ukraine, and the U.S. have not signed the treaty to ban them, however, but there are enormous risks. We can actually put up that first clip. There are enormous risks to the civilian population, um, but there doesn't seem to be very much concern about that uh, among, the, uh, among the West because, uh, and we hadn't talked about this, but uh, what the U.K. said yesterday is they're going to provide depleted uranium munitions for the tanks that they're sending. Uh, and of course, Russia said it would consider that a dirty bomb if they send these. And we all know what happened in Iraq with depleted uranium. You had generations of birth defects, cancers, all sorts of things. It poisons the earth uh, forever. And that seems to be the intent. But this letter was sent by, and I think you can put that next one on. It'll tell you who sent it. It was sent by the four hawkish, most hawkish members of the Republican on both sides of the, uh, both houses of Congress. It was signed by Michael McCall. Now we know how hawkish he is. He's very much in favor of this war, Republican from Texas. Mike Rogers, he's, uh, he's the Armed Services Committee, a Republican from Alabama. Roger Weicker uh, is a senator uh, and member of the Senate Armed Services City. And Jim Risch, Reich, uh, who is a ranking member in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. So these, I would call them, these three are old line Republicans. Uh, we've seen the emergence of new Republicans who are much less uh, enthusiastic about this war. We've talked about Matt Gates. We've talked about Marjorie Taylor Greene. We know people like Thomas Massey uh, who are opposed to it. So there really is, and we, had the, we did a show on this a while ago, the Civil War in the Republican mm -hmm. Party. And I think this just shows where the old guard is. The question is, Dr. Paul, is the Republican rank and file voter in tune with this old guard? And I would put forth <laughs> that no, because I looked up a poll that Quimpiac University did. They do a lot of polls. They did it just a month ago. <laughs> and if you'll indulge me, Dr. Paul, I just want to show a couple of numbers to people of where the Americans are on the proxy war with Russia through Ukraine. If you could put that next one up. Now, this is straight from the Quimpiac poll, and this was done less than a month ago, I think earlier this month. The question 17, do you approve or disapprove of the way Joe Biden is handling the response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Now, in total, you have 45% approve and 47% disapprove. So, of all Americans, you have a net disapproval, but among Republicans, you have only 18% approval and 76% disapproval. Republicans massively disapprove of the way Biden is handling it. And how do they disapprove? Well, this will give us an indication if you do the next one, uh, if you can put that next one up. This is another question on Ukraine from the Quimpiac poll. <coughs> do you think the U.S. is doing too much, too little, or about right to help Ukraine? Now, this is interesting because you see among Republicans, the very, very strongest number is doing too much. 47% believe that the president and the U.S. is doing too much to help Ukraine. So. I would just say, Dr. Paul, I think if looking at these numbers, which are consistent with what we've shown recently, the Republican voter is swinging in our direction, while the old guard thinks it's going to gain by maintaining these deeply unpopular positions. Uh, yes, and I think your points are very well taken, but I like to think we should be cautiously optimistic yeah, yeah. because of the uh, experience we had in trying to stop the Iraq war. Remember when they initially started it, the Americans didn't want to go to the war. Yeah. Sort of like they, they didn't want us to be in, in uh, Syria. They still don't, but yeah. it, it always happens. And also the Biden factor is a big deal. 
so the most important thing is the uh, the non-Republican vote too. You know, maybe a generalized vote. But when they say, uh, you know, if you go to the Republicans, it's it's sort of. Republicans hate Democrats and Democrats hate Republicans, yeah. so that skews it a little bit differently. But we have many times now mentioned these polls, and uh, I want to just cross my fingers yeah, and, yeah. and hope the <laughs> polls are really leading us. Because if you recall, at the beginning of uh, right after 9-11, Bush was radiant, raring to go. And then it was over a year, probably close to a year and a half before uh, we marched in and, 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 and got the so-called authority to go to war. Congress didn't declare war, but uh, it took them a long time. But it, it, it changed. You know, they were able to do it, and it was disgusting. Yeah. So that's, the, to me, the big question. Are the people uh, in this uh, uh, more alert now? And one condition that would be a lot different is our economic status is different. I don't think anybody back then was mainly worried you know about our economy today that's probably the biggest number there is out there with inflation the deficit skyrocketing and people being very very nervous about the banking system and they see the relationship so that's why i think we should be hopeful yeah the billions that have spent i think the hundred and some billion that we've spent or at least authorized is, is very yeah. is very powerful it is depressing they do the same thing over and over again which is to lie and use propaganda and it does seem to work but we'll see. So that letter is out. We'll see if they send the uh, clusters. And we'll also see what the response will be if Russians start being killed with American cluster bombs. Um, put on the next one. Now, here's an, it's basically the same theme. This is the second article, if you're ready to move on. And it's basically the same thing. And this is about the Patriot system. We brought a bunch of Ukrainians over to Utah, no, no, Oklahoma, to train on the Patriot missile system. And here's good news from Politico. And it was written up by our friends in anti-war as well. Quote, absolutely a quick study. Ukrainians mastered the Patriot system faster than expected. This is great news. It's a wonder weapon. And then put on the next one. This is the one where I start scratching my head, Dr. Paul, and I start wondering, is this a snow job? Are they blowing smoke? Because listen to this. The Patriot is a highly complex system to operate and typically takes U.S. soldiers up to a year to learn. But after just a few weeks, the Ukrainians were already able to independently set up and operate the system against a simulated threat in under 45 minutes, which is the Army standard. So I wonder, Dr. Paul, whether our soldiers are just really, really dumb or these Ukrainians are amazingly fascinatingly yeah, brilliant. I have an idea. You know, we're having trouble in our educational system here. <laughs> Maybe we have to go to Ukraine and find out how these how do they do Ukrainians it? are so smart. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. But there was one uh, paragraph, a little sentence of, uh, dealing with this, and they were talking about uh, the uh, Chancellor of, of Germany. And Schultz previously, this is quote, previously ruled out sending Ukraine tanks and <laughs> explained his reasoning by saying he was trying to prevent a direct war between NATO yeah. and, and Russia. <laughs> Don't send a weapon. This will be aggravation, you yeah, know, yeah. it's sure. But the U.S. and its allies are less concerned about escalation, I can believe that, and continue to ramp up support for Kiev, including Poland and Slovakia, pledging, pledging Soviet-made MiGs. 
you know, it's a, at one point they said, well, we, the Americans said, we have to go and repair some of the old stuff. We can't get the new stuff ready uh, soon enough. And uh, I mentioned to you, I think that's sort of, don't ever let, don't let a, a tank go to waste. Patch them up, get them out there, and let them start shooting. And uh, they talked about sort of that attitude about B-52s. Yeah. And unfortunately, they figured out a way to really test the B-52 with dropping a lot of bombs on Vietnam. Yeah. They had to fly a couple thousand miles to do it, but they proved they could do it. Well, the assumption is because the Russians have not directly responded to a continuous flow of weapons from the U.S. and our European allies into Ukraine, since they have not yet responded, they won't respond. The question is, is the price for being wrong worth it? Uh, is it worth the possibility that Russia finally will say this is enough, we've had enough? I think they gave an indication in a subtle way by shooting down the Reaper uh, unmanned aerial vehicle. Um, the other day, they didn't shoot it down, they forced it down essentially. Uh, I think that was a warning that we're reaching the limit. So what, are the, what is the cost benefit? What is the benefit versus the cost of a nuclear war with Russia? And I think it's, <laughs> the calculation in DC is not right. But here's another thing that makes me wonder about this miraculous Ukrainians learning the Patriot missile off the back of a matchbook in 38.2 seconds. Put on this next one. This is another thing that makes me wonder if this is from Politico, if they're kind of not spinning this a little bit to the advantage of the administration. It said a group of Ukrainian soldiers smiles and gives thumbs ups to reporters as they trek back across the field. Speaking Ukrainian, they say they are ready to go. And then it says the language barrier initially made instruction difficult. <laughs> so you basically get a bunch of Ukrainian guys over here who don't speak any English and somehow miraculously in a couple of weeks, they master these weapons that Americans train on for years. I got an email from our friend Doug McGregor this morning and he pointed out that uh, this metric that they measure, that they can set this up and fire it and basically in a vacuum in 45 minutes, that's one thing. But as he pointed out, there are so many other aspects to using these very complex weapon systems in the field. He talks about repair. He talk, talks about actual combat operations. He talks about something called fault isolation, which I don't know what it is, uh, but it sounds pretty scary. Um, so obviously, all of the factors of war are not in there. It's basically here, give these guys some missiles to say, we're doing something, shove them onto the field, this will do it. This will finally do it. You know. Uh, you, you, you were talking about. Isn't it a shame they they never admit that they did anything wrong. Yeah. You know, and they always keep pursuing, but that that is not atypical. That is typical. That is typical of a politician. Whether it's economic policy, spending problems, deficits, war policies, going to war. I mean, the diehard still wants us in in uh, Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they they certainly think that uh, we. It was a total disaster leaving, uh, uh, you know, Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. But you year. know, the one thing I was thinking there is, uh, you, you know, le leaving Vietnam was actually worse, yeah. worse than that. We left everything, and we, you know, couldn't get the people on the helicopter. Yeah. It was that to me was more disgraceful. It's all wrong, but going in is disgraceful. Yeah. That's, That's the part that that they have to understand. Uh, and of course, looking for people saying, you know, uh, I've looked at this. 
and I've changed my mind. We met a couple, and I keep thinking about our old friend, uh, you know, Walter. Yeah. He was one of the few. But there were several that had a, ch a changed attitude, you know, on it. But partisanship is so – partisanship and money, the partisanship and political power, and then the money that come, flows through the military-industrial complex, that's pretty hard to overcome. And that's why I keep emphasizing, and you emphasize, that's why we have the organization is deal with foreign policy on a basic principle on what we should do and how we should treat our neighbors and our friends and how to work with trade and what we should do for national defense. Completely different. There's not many things that we would want to preserve in the in the form it's in right now, thinking that, oh yeah, it's just had a few shortcomings, but uh, you know, a few innocent people died, but and it cost a couple of dollars. It might have contributed to the $32 trillion deficit, <laughs> but uh, we still have to be we have to be the kingpin, you know, and this, uh, but this is one thing where I see the crack getting bigger and bigger is in the foreign policy it is, but the whole thing about our reputation around the world, whether it's economic or military or morally speaking around the world, we do not have, uh, you know, the same ratings that we've had over the years. It's never was perfect, always some problem, but right now I would say that there's uh, lots of crack and uh, there's not many people who are going to fill <laughs> fill the the cracks, and then and I see this as good because I don't like empires yeah. <laughs> that are based on violence and and political dictators. Well, before we move on to the next one, Dr. Paul, I do want to thank the sponsor of our show this month, and that's fourpatriots.com. The number four, patriots.com. What do they do? They provide survival food and other survival products uh, for Americans. To take care. This is times of great uncertainty. I think the big divide is between people who are prepared for themselves and their families and those that have not. What makes Four Patriots special? They're hand packed in the United States of America. The kits are compact, they stack easily, they're sturdy, they'll last for a couple of decades. Uh, they have delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners. And if you are skeptical, just check out the reviews. Hundreds of reviews five-star reviews on their products. If you go to fourpatriots.com and enter RON as your code, you will get a 10% discount on your purchase. Go to fourpatriots.com, 10% discount, give it a shot, enter in RON. Thanks again, Four Patriots, for sponsoring our show. Our third topic today, Dr. Paul, is related. This is all about ramping up the war, and again, I would say this does not suggest confidence that Ukraine is winning. To me, this smacks of desperation. Send some cluster bombs. Send some Patriots. Send some Abrams tanks. Send some Leopards. Send some Jaguars. Some Lions. Whatever. It smacks of desperation. If we can put up the next one. Now, this is from our, uh, our friends at Libertarian Institute have written about it, but I've taken a piece from AP. Uh, U.S. speeds up Abrams tank delivery to Ukraine war zone. Uh, we were under the impression or given the impression that it would take a lot of time to get these new M1A2 Abrams tanks over to Ukraine. And if you put on the next clip, that is the case. So what <coughs> they've decided to do is send some older M1A1 tanks out of our own stocks, depleting, by the way, our own military. We've already depleted all of our ammunition, all of our <laughs> missiles, all of our weapons. Now we're going to give them all of our tanks. I'm sure this will turn the tide. 
I don't know, Dr. Paul. What do you think? Well, I think they're blowing a lot of smoke. Yeah. But they, you know, they have talked now about several months because there's always a plan for a better day. And the, the better day was to come in the spring. They're preparing for the spring, more training and more weapons, and they're ready. But uh, I think today I read where, uh, and we, and we, I think we mentioned it too, and that is they're trying to get ready for the fall. Yeah. <laughs> They've already shifted. Oh, the fall, that's when all the bad weather comes in. And so this whole idea, well, well we're preparing for the springtime, and uh, it looks like we will be prepared. And, and the, the gullibility is the amazing thing, and the willingness to just cave in because I, I, you know we, we're disgusted because nobody really ever gets converted but uh, I think they just uh, rationalize they're able to take it and patriotism works in because they identify anything you say <clears throat> that is weak on a military spending or a military operation it's construed and I think they have sort of this gut reaction that if you aren't that you're unpatriotic it, it's sort of like uh, if you didn't take the shot <laughs> you yeah. were unpatriotic yeah. they're able to do that this whole idea of, of trying to put a guilt trip on people and uh, I, I, unfortunately I think it has a lot of effect and that's why uh, we continue to do all these dumb things and that is why I think it's going to end because you can't have endless financing uh, to run a world and run our economy and run up the deficit. So it's, it's coming to an end, and, and, and that could be good, but it also could be bad because yeah. the, big guy, the bad guys are lining up to take over because some say, well, what we really need is chaos in the streets, and yeah. they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah. When the chaos gets out of control, that's when they'll say they need us to bring about, you know, calm in, on the street and help the people. Now a few people who uh, were defunding the police uh -huh. are all of a sudden saying they're on the receiving end of the maybe maybe we need more police yeah yeah there was a city council. <laughs> i don't know what that means yeah. but it means they're nuts i guess <laughs> there was a city councilwoman in san francisco i was just reading about yesterday yeah. she voted to defund the police and now she's please we got some police well new york's doing, they're doing <laughs> yeah. it too yeah. you know they're where where are the policemen yeah. <laughs> where are them when i need them yeah <laughs> well here this is the thing that i scratch my head when i read this article if we can put this next one up and i know we're veering toward a close here but then this is all about the abrams tanks now, the Abrams tanks, and I'm not an expert in tanks, Dr. Paul, but I listen to people who are, like Colonel McGregor, they use a jet engine, essentially, and they've been, they've been deemed not appropriate for this particular terrain. Uh, but here's from the article. The Biden administration announced in January that it would send the tanks to Ukraine after insisting for months they were too complicated and too hard to maintain and repair. The decision was part of a broader <coughs> political maneuver that opened the door for Germany to announce it would send its Leopard 2 tanks to Ukraine and allow Poland and others to do the same. So this was a political decision, and I would suspect, and people that I listen to uh, that with their ears closer to it have said, there is a real conflict now between the people in the Pentagon that know what's really happening and they <coughs> understand, and the people in the White House and State Department that are politically committed to this project and will not back down. And I just wonder about that clash, how far it will go, because military people insist this tank is not appropriate, it won't work properly. Colonel McGregor, who's been in some of the most famous tank battles in the history of the country, he knows a little bit about tanks, and he said the same thing. So I, I just wonder what the purpose here is and how far the political will 
will take us toward a military conflict. Yeah, there's two different things. I don't think they're worried about it. Yeah. Because I, th I think activity and action and spending money and training troops and buying new airplanes and fixing up old tanks, that's, that's their job, you know. But I, I think uh, uh, they, don't, uh, they don't really worry about it, uh, and yet they should, but we should avoid it. Avoidance, uh, you know, is, is, the, is the secret to uh, trying to change our policy. Yeah, I'm going to just close by thanking our viewers. I'm looking over here at our live talkers and streamers, and we like that and we appreciate that. How to support the show? Well, one thing you can do is simply like this show, send it around, subscribe to our channel, pass it around, get the word out, and that helps us bring our viewers. We're getting close to 300K followers. We'll let you know when that does happen. The show wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for you, so we thank you for coming back day after day. Dr. Very Paul. good. And, and, and Daniel, I mentioned to you, I had a nice little message from our friend Norm Singleton. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's worked with us and with me in particular in campaigns and in the congressional office for d several decades. Several decades. But we stay in touch, and he sent me an article because he knew it would catch my attention, and I had missed it. And, uh, but I think it's, it's very interesting because the title is uh, Ukraine Clinches 15.6 billion dollar IMF loan, uh, a first for a nation at war. So this is, it's different now. They're passing out money. It used to be an unwritten rule, but I don't believe in it because when the crisis occurs, financial crisis, money found its way into the IMF. It didn't go through budgeting. It went through the Federal Reserve and central banking. They got all that they need. But this was up up front. They uh, they they had a preliminary meeting and they said they're going to loan. Uh, I learned Ukraine $15.6 billion. Wow. And I got to thinking, well, it's a loan. That means <laughs> they're going to pay it back. Uh, <laughs> where did this money come from? Oh, it comes from the IMF. And who are they? Well, basically, it's more Americans, taxpayers than anybody else or anybody that holds a dollar or anybody who has to pay more at the store for food, uh, the people who suffer from the inflation. Uh, they're, they're the ones who get stuck with it. But I thought it was interesting that, uh, you know, this whole recent update with, with Ukraine came out of the coup of 2014, where we participated in the, in, in the coup and throwing out of an elected leader of, of Ukraine. But our close ally there uh, was NATO. But it, it was never listed that there was a coup, that, uh, except in, in a few things we uh, uh, read about. <laughs> there was never a, a coup that America was all. America didn't start the war. It was the it was the Russians invaded Ukraine and started this whole mess. Well, there's a little bit uh, more to that story than that. But, <clears throat> but NATO definitely was involved. NATO was supposed to represent, you know, uh, Europe, all of Europe, the countries coming together. And uh, it was there originally, uh, and there, I could understand their desire, is uh, they were very concerned about the Soviets invading Europe, which they did, and they had a lot of control. So they, they, uh, uh, <clears throat> they were too sympathetic, but now it's not a sincere sympathy that they have. And the, uh, the IMF, uh, you know, is getting the finances, but NATO, you know, was the one that 
originally that had you know really started the war but we're essentially NATO and uh, and yet uh, the people who should have them if we'd have stayed out of there which was my position the people closest to Russia they knew that Russia had a history of getting nervous when anybody gets close to their borders but that's their business it's sort of like maybe the southern border of the United States is our business and uh, and yet what do we do we take all our money and send it to Ukraine and and help uh, help the Ukrainians fight the Russians you know so it, it's it's a mess but anyway uh, I thank Norm for sending this to me and it just is another emphasis of the stupidity of our foreign policy and our financial system Absolutely. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report please come back soon